Back to Mormon Talk with David and Mike, your LDS anti anti church DJs. What the? the, I was going to say your morning DJs, but that doesn't really work because you may not be listening to us in the morning. Your morning Mormon anti Mormon. No, wait, not anti. Malicious Mormon manticles of mantra. (laughs) (laughs) Mumbling mouthfuls of. Manure, <laughs> uh, mossy. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, this week's episode: perishing parishes, holy alliteration, Batman. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're up in the night, I tell you. Uh, but you know, Dave, uh, how it goes. Every episode, we seem to have this trend where we want to talk about the LDS Church. In the news. So here's another, here's a news bit that that segues beautifully into our topic of the day, Perishing Parishes. Another MTC to close, Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, The contraction of missionary training centers continues. The church announced last week that the MTC in Guatemala City, Guatemala, would shut down come January the fifth such closure in recent years. Quote, here's my favorite, here's my favorite thing. Right? So you see another MTC close that suggests certain things. Uh, you you suggested, David, the analogy of like uh, a store chain, right? That's going to open and close based on activity of, of customers, etc. So you kind of mm-hmm. know what that means. Yeah. Geographically, you would assume. Geographics. Mm-hmm. You would figure that means this in business, meaning business isn't good, right, in those areas uh, where they close. So knowing that, here's this beautiful backpedaling shenanigan of a shamagel stratchel. Here we go. This decision comes as part of a long process of learning, planning, and determining the best use of resources worldwide according to the needs and demands of each area. How long did he spend (laughs) coming up with that? Oh, my God. Notice the word learning. So who's who's learning? God is learning by his mistake? No. No, He's not the one making the mistakes. Wait a minute. So they don't. We pointed this out several times. Okay. They don't pray Uh, about it before they open an MTC. They just. Oh, they do. Of course they do. But, you know, God, you know, we talked about this. You got to work for that revelation, man. He's not going to just give it to you. I mean, come on. You're only his chosen leaders. I mean, he's not going to just give you direction. (laughs) So uh, you got to learn on your own by some expensive mistakes. Whoops. Whoops. Uh, This came from church spokesman Daniel Wood, by the way. You got to throw out the wood. (laughs) Oh, Woody. Woody Woodpecker. There he is. (laughs) <laughs> I can't do that shit. <laughs> Boy, you oh, know. Oh, man. Uh, okay, but hey, before we go on, go ahead, though. Yeah, what were you no, saying? No, I, I just, these guys are polished. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're bullshit. It's just they polish, take a turd and polish it and sell it for a diamond, you know? <laughs> God damn, it's crazy. Lipstick on the pig, yeah. Uh, so, so here I have to admit, and I think David, you and I were talking about this offline. We we noticed that we were in the same boat with this. 
neither of us have really paid attention to this whole closure of the MTC Mm-mm. thing. No. Uh, and so it's something that I hadn't really thought of before. I, I think I heard of one, you know, closing a few years back. I'm like, eh, you know. Well, when you when you read a phrase like the continuation of closing of MTC, we're like, wait a minute, what's going on? So I looked it up. Okay, heaven forbid, again, research. I, I don't want to encourage anybody to do any of that. Mm. But uh, this is what I found. Um, there's been seven others that have closed. So this would be the eighth. Wow. Uh, so I'll just read these off. Tokyo, Japan closed in 2009. Uh, hearkening a little bit back to me, I, I was in Japan on my mission. Uh, not in Tokyo, but uh, Seoul, South Korea, uh, Hamilton, New Zealand, Santiago, Chile, Madrid, Spain, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, and Buenos Aires, Argentina. All of these were closed previously. Wow. Um, and so now we're adding Guatemala to the list. Um, wow. Eight so, MTC closures. That's that's significant. I I served my mission from eighty one to eighty three, mm-hmm. and during that time, I remember uh, somewhere in there the announcement of the first MTC outside of the U.S. Don't remember where, probably South America. Anyway, and someone in conference gave a talk talking about that this would be the new trend, kind of like when the Saints were first joining the church in the 1800s, the, the movement was come to Zion. So mm-hmm. everyone came across to Salt Lake City, you know, Zion. And uh, and then later the announcement was, no, no, stay in your own countries and build up the kingdom in your own land. And mm-hmm. so now the it, it was, the message was, no, we want to accommodate people in their own country. So we will make MTCs eventually. Yeah, eventually everywhere. Yeah. So they're they're continuing with the temple building, although they're mm-hmm. about a, a fourth of the size of the the old style. They're very small now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just I know another corporate decision. I, I mean revelation. And then oh, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. And so this is interesting to say the least. That they're just they can't really justify it as a a management move. You know, it just doesn't make sense. If there, if there's not enough missionaries, you can't justify keeping a MTC open. Yeah, that's it. I don't simple as that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So look at the flip side. If there was, a, if there were a large number of missionaries wanting to go on on missions on a continual basis, would you close the MTC there? Well, I think the answer is obvious, right? So if if that building's full. Uh, around the year, you're not going to close it. You might even expand it and add, you know, add some additions to it or whatever. And that leads to the next obvious question: Is the number of missionaries serving decreasing, contracting? Uh, it actually is, ah. which which starts knocking on the door of our topic here: perishing parishes. Uh, so so guys, the membership in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints has been dwindling. 
And this is something that, you know, people will say, they'll look at whatever they can look at or, you know, little announcements like an MTC closure or whatever. And they'll hear hearsay and they'll assume anecdotally, oh, I wonder if the church is decreasing in in this or that area. Mm -hmm. There are statistics that you can refer to. There's a spreadsheet that was made by a guy uh, who... um, posted it in several places, including uh, RX Mormon Reddit. Um, and I can, I'll link to that document for those who are interested. Uh, you can, you can catch that on our website, mormontalk.org for this episode. Anyway, uh, it's essentially an Excel document. The The core numbers are provided by the church th- themselves, right? So this isn't something somebody made up, Oh, the, and, and people could accuse them of making up numbers. This is church-published numbers. What he's done is he's looked at the numbers, and he's just done a little statistics and, and analysis, right? Trends. And he's, he, he, trends. Looking at trends, yeah. yeah. Yeah, trend analysis. And he's like, this is what we know, and, and so this is the trend here. I will throw out an interesting number on missionaries since you brought that up. So missionaries out in the world actively preaching full-time, the peak the peak time for that was 2013, which maybe a listener can t- send me an email or something. It's mike at mormontalk.org. Um, tell me if that's the same year when they announced the 18-year-old and was it 20 or 19 for girls? Um, uh, the the announcement for the w- women was later. Mm, they lowered okay. that one a, uh, three or four years later. But yeah, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it was 13 or 14 right in there. Right, right in and, there. And yeah. So the number surged. Ironically, though, I'll just bring it up right now. Ironically, the baptisms did not increase correlated to the increase in number of missionaries. And Interesting. I, I think think that probably really concerned the corporate leader. I mean, the first presidency. Yeah, and the revelatory leaders. Uh, so that year we peaked at 85,147 missionaries full-time. It's the most the, the church has ever had in the field. Wow. So that's 2013. So here we are uh, to 2018 is the latest statistics that we have here. So uh, four years later, we went from 85,000 to 65,000. So there was a 20,000 missionary drop. Significant. Um, significant. Yeah, that's, uh, what is that? Uh, that's a fourth, almost. Almost, the yeah. That's, so that, now yeah. that's interesting. It didn't just stagnate, and that would be concerning. If it just stayed the same instead of continuing Growing. to increase, right. no, it it went retro mm-hmm. <laughs> backpedal time. I mean, uh, yeah. So, so again, we looking out there at reasons, uh, more young men unwill- and young women unwilling to serve, uh, what, what's going on. I mean, it, I don't yeah. know. I mean, well, there could be a lot of different reasons. There are, I mean, well, I'm sure there are, Look, people are leaving the church, that's for sure, more than ever. So another interesting statistic here. Um, so we went from, uh, span the same, uh, same number of years or, or similar, right? So only about 
so there's a statistic in the spreadsheet that that totals all the the departures from the church, which includes not only excommunications, people removing their records, but also things like natural deaths. You know, people just die, and and their records are are then removed as far as being an active member. Um, so we went from fifty three thousand about people leaving the church in twenty twelve to 140,000 in 2018. Um, so that's almost triple the number of people leaving the church in, in a single year. I don't think those were all deaths. Uh, and, and in <laughs> fact, yeah, you can see a huge uptick after the 2015 um, yeah. announcement uh, yeah. on, on gay and lesbian uh, you know, children of uh, parents. Blah, 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 blah. Children of parents who are gay or lesbian. Yeah, so um, 140,000. We'll see when 2019 wraps up. I'm sure he'll update this graph, and we'll see how many people left this year. My guess is more than 140,000. I think it's increasing. Uh, it is increasing, uh, if you look oh, at it, the trend here. Yeah, it, I, I think, again, recent events, recent announcements, mm-hmm. uh, changes in policy, uh the church cannot hide anymore how's that i mean it's mm. it's harder and harder for them to hide their true core and what the hell is really going on and and the lack of uh guidance through anything like revelation oh yeah it's it, it's corporate in fact we were going to call this uh, podcast corporate contraction because the <laughs> right. church it, it, it is a corporation and they're making decisions uh based on finances not totally but a large part of their consideration on any decision is is money oh there's no doubt about it no doubt about it um another very revealing statistic here if you just look at the annual growth rate of the church, uh, which has you know been pretty high in some years past, as you could imagine, uh, the the annual growth rate peaked out in 1989. That was a really big year for the church. In 1989, uh, that was one of the few years in the church's history where you had a there were no there was nobody leaving the church. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was uh, they had a growth rate of eight point six three percent. Wow! And uh, now in twenty eighteen, one point two percent, the lowest in history of the yeah. church. Uh, the the lowest in in history. So uh, interesting. They're down to you know they're maneuvering around one percent. There hovering around one percent. Uh, and I'm that's wondering pretty if, stagnant. It is. And I, I'm wondering if that percentage is based on their number of total membership or if it considers the number of people that have left. And then you see what I'm saying? It it, it doesn't really matter. I think We're, it's all well, inclusive, right? So if you consider, inclusive. you know, baptisms, yeah. converts, kids being born, um, right. you know, whatever they call that, uh, children born in the covenant. Um, people dying, leaving, excommunicate. You put it all together, you've got a growth rate of a, a 1.2% last year, which is again pretty, pretty stagnant. Um, if you, you know, that's that's around the, I guess that's around the, I don't know what the interest is on a savings account these days. I know it's pretty pathetic. 
when you look at it as a corporate growth, that's, that's pretty poor. Like the board would be, the board would be concerned. Let's just maybe fired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or they'd be firing uh, CEOs or, or C-level people. Yeah. At that point. So we could quote and we may quote some other statistics out of this spreadsheet off and on through the episode. Um, but we we also wanted to introduce before we go further into this, uh, Dave and I were talking. We'd like to introduce an occasional uh, other little segment to some of our podcasts, which I think would be fun. So we've got LDS Church in the news. Uh, we'd like to occasionally introduce something called for your consideration. Uh, and so. Dave's going to kick us off in here our 32nd episode uh, (laughs) with our first little segment of For Your Consideration, which is going to harken back, I think, Dave, to uh, some books that we actually did an an entire podcast around earlier, right? Two two podcasts, two-parter. Yeah. Cherry picking. Cherry picking. Yeah. So when you use the word fun, my, my thought came back. I have to admit, and I don't do it embarrassed. Uh, I'm not embarrassed about it. There's a certain ripple of joy <laughs> that runs through my being, knowing that the church is losing members. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have to agree. Uh, it's just, it's a fun topic. A lot of our topics that we brought up are important to us. They're not necessarily fun. This is, <laughs> call me sadistic. I don't know. Shit, see? <laughs> Satan, Satan's got you by the gonads. Yeah, something like that. So, and cherry picking includes the pits. I brought up D. Michael Quinn's first book, Origins of Power. Uh, part two, his second book, is Extensions of Power. And in the second book, he includes a section uh, entitled, uh, an appendix entitled, Selected Chronology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Did I say that fast enough? And uh, yeah. I was pleased because I hadn't opened this book in a long time. I was pleased to see that he takes off in 1848, right where he left off in the first book. So the reason we would include these is it's this is entertaining. I Honestly, <laughs> it's it's actually a little bit concerning. Some of it's like, oh, my hell, jaw dropping. Like, are you? kidding me (laughs) but some of it is just entertaining okay the very first uh selection here january 14th brigham young instructs 70s meeting for the first act of adultery you may forgive a man wow (laughs) but if a man but if a man beds with a woman and he does it 10 times he's guilty (laughs) what (laughs) i told you this shit you can't make this shit up oh my god this is a meeting of the 70s. This isn't some random conversation outside the bar. Could you which, imagine which, that conversation on the ninth time? The guy's like, hey, Mary Lou, I can't come back again. This is our ninth time. It is the ninth, right? Like you, I told you to keep track. Yes, it's the ninth. Okay, well, I, I can't come back the 10th time. <laughs> Where the hell did he pull that out of? I oh mean, oh my god! Geez. Okay, March March eleventh, uh, M A R, Benjamin Covey. 
I don't, Marshall, I don't know what that is. Benjamin Covey is excommunicated for having sexual intercourse with two girls less than 12 years of age. Oh, my God. Who are his foster daughters. Ooh. Now, here's the fun part. He's rebaptized and serves as bishop of Salt Lake City. <laughs> 12, 12 for, for, let's see, for seven years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Look. A freaking pedophile. A pedophile. That tells you. Oh, my God. That tells you some of the news that we've done in the past that you can see on the news, on TV, uh, about these bishops that are being caught for pedophilia. Um, This isn't a new thing, right? I mean, that was when? What was the date of that? Uh, that that March eleventh, eighteen forty eight. So we're talking the eighteen forties. These guys are yeah. pedophiles, as and they knew it, and they oh my god! They not only it, apparently didn't uh, you know discipline him. They said, "Let's make him a bishop." <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got practice. Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> okay, moving on. Oh. You all are probably familiar with. The, the seagulls uh, coming and, and eating all the crickets. The crickets came into Salt Lake. This is May 27th, 1848, mm-hmm. and they're eating all the crops. Mm-hmm. Well, out of nowhere, here comes these seagulls, mm-hmm. and they start to eat the crickets. Now, unfortunately, most of the crops have already been destroyed. They don't include that in the story. <laughs> Although published letter by the First Presidency and LDS sermons refer to this event in non-miraculous terms for several years, the anti-Mormon Warsaw Signal of 1849 shows that Mormons soon described this experience as divine intervention. So Mm. Michael and I were talking about your, your typical fish story, where in recalling an event, all of a sudden, an everyday event, is now a miracle, and let's let's make a statue <laughs> as well. We did. There's a monument, yeah. right? Yeah, there's a monument there's a down there. Monument, yeah, downtown. <laughs> I think make a no, fucking monument right. out of the sea. And I've seen more information on that, and I should have brought that to the episode because I I knew you were going to bring it up, Dave. Uh, there's more information on the actual. So listeners outside of Utah may not know there are a they call it. A different breed. Um, what did they call it? The the Utah seagull or something simple like that. Right. There's a seagull right. uh, that lives in Utah, and many you know assume that the reason. So there's the Great Salt Lake, right? A big, huge saltwater body uh, or salt body water, however you phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so and there's seagulls, and they were here before the pioneers. So they it, they didn't like migrate to Utah because of the pioneers, uh, and so they were around, and they're like, oh, hello, food source. So they went to the crickets, and so it really wasn't. As a kid, I remember being told about this. I didn't live in Utah at the time. I was told, and I was like, wow. So these seagulls came from California all the way over to Utah to you know as a miracle or whatever. You know, it's anyway. Okay, that yeah, that we could we could go on on that on that subject of how things are romanticized and 
false memory syndrome and mm. whatever. So December 3rd, Apostle, that's important. This is Apostle Lyman White is excommunicated for his pamphlet against succession leadership of Brigham Young over the LDS Church. <laughs> <laughs> He's an apostle. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, we, let's X that guy. Oh, they probably, probably rebaptize him the next week. Who knows? Yeah. The way they did it, the way they do that. I got about three more and then and then we'll save some for another time. <laughs> February first, eighteen forty nine now. First counselor Heber C. Kimball tells Sunday school meeting that plural marriage would end, he said, when the church had gone to the devil or the priesthood taken from this people, and then God should give it to another people. Wow. So uh, yeah. who was this guy? Yeah. That's Heber C. Kimball. The prophet? Uh, no, he w- he was a member of the 12 at the, at the time. time. No, he was a counselor. Okay. First counselor. First wow. So he, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, look, that one shouldn't shock us a whole lot because we know God changes no. his mind. You know, God is a whimsical yeah, entity. Taken from this people and God would give it to another people. Hey, well, look, that's probably a phrase uh, or a prophecy, if you will, that one of the splinter sects uses, right? That does practice polygamy. They say, see, God gave it to us because the the mainstream of the of the LDS church wasn't the Brig, the Brighamites didn't live it anymore, so God gave it to us. Yeah, yeah there, there you, you go. go. Kimball's one of their heroes, probably. In fact, uh, speaking of hero, uh, February twelfth at a meeting, Brigham Young refers to himself as king and priest. So, taking off from Joseph Smith's stuff huh. there. Uh, th- this is fun. March 3rd at the Council of 50 meeting, and we could talk more about this Council of 50. Brigham Young speaks concerning thieves, murderers, and licentious, uh, sexually licentious people. I want their cursed heads to be cut off that they may atone for their crimes. So again, blood, blood atonement. Wow. And, 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 and it's interesting. It, it, he doesn't just say, you know, shed their blood. Mm-mm. This guy likes to keep. De- yeah, decapitation. Yeah. He's always talking about their damn heads. Well, off. if it's the 10th time, as far as adultery, you know, then then the head comes off, right? Okay, one <laughs> one last one. And this, this one is just fucking nuts, man. April 29th, First Presidency, Quorum of the Twelve, make following decisions. Decisions concerning sex and marriage. Yeah, that's their decision. What? Here it is. Not to unite with a woman in view of impregnation till seven days after cessation of the menstrual discharge in order for the most healthy procreation. Also, that after childbirth, if delivered of a son, she could continue 40 days in her purification without sexual intercourse with her husband. If a daughter... (laughs) It should be 70 days separated as unclean for a man. You're fucking kidding me. Oh, my God. That sounds like Old Testament shit. That's Book of Leviticus is where they they actually say that that's where that came from. Wow. So now they're dictating, uh, you know, your bedroom life. uh, Yeah. And it that folks, that's only just two pages out of those selections, but uh, <laughs> as much fun as I'm having, I'm just going to leave it there and we'll, we'll pick it up, you know, as we go, because 
my God. Yeah. Is that entertaining or what? Uh, what yeah, that's one word for it. Uh, <laughs> horrifying. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's disturbing, horrifying. Uh, yeah. For your information, uh, our first uh, our first segment. Thanks, Dave. That was uh, wow. My pleasure. Believe me. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um. Wow. Okay. Huh. Hard to recoup from that. So. Uh, let's getting back on track of perishing parishes. Um, have y'all heard the phrase, we believe the church will fill the earth? Yes. So Joseph Smith was known as quoting this at least once. I think he probably said it more. I know other prophets have referenced it or other, uh, leaders in the church have referenced it numerous times over the, the decades. Um, yeah. I remember growing up hearing that all the time. It's going to fill the earth. Ezra Taft Benson, I want uh, a bazillion copies of the Book of Mormon all over. That's how he was going to fill the earth was with the Book of Mormon um, on and on and on. Uh, so I, I'm going to read you an excerpt here from uh, it's now churchofjesuschrist.org instead of lds.org, which I think there are at least a couple other church of jesus christ's in the world oh yeah and so i wonder if there was a domain fight over this where Mm, the lds church exercised a little money and they bought this domain Mm. because i gotta think that would have been owned already anyway that's another that's a curiosity how much money did they pay to another church called the church of jesus christ to buy this web domain from them Interesting. I didn't even think of that wow. till now. Anyway, um, so look, uh, they've got a study area in the 2017 Ensign. There was an article called, We Believe the Church Will Fill the Earth. So it's hearkening, of course, back to that old saying. It's actually an Old Testament saying uh, that the church would roll forth to fill the whole earth. That's in Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 it's through 45. Stone cut out of the yeah, mountain without Exactly. Hand. It says, yes. uh, the church, the kingdom of God on earth, is described as a stone, quote, cut out of the mountain without hands, unquote, revealing that it is a divine, not a man-made work, which is whatever. Mm. Um, <laughs> sorry, even that wow. concept yeah. just makes me laugh. Um, so here's, here's where the backpedaling starts. And I say backpedaling because if you go back to when Joseph Smith was quoting this verse uh, and everybody I can remember afterwards, they were literal. They were like, hey, growth wise, percentage of the population of the world wise, this is going to go crazy, right? Um, Well, here's what we say now. And this is important because, again, it relates obviously directly to the the topic, the shrinking membership. So even as the church's influence fills the earth, its members will still be relatively few. What? I never heard that growing up. Did you? First Nephi, first yeah. Nephi 13 and 14. Actually, uh, uh, it, for some reason, it was so, somewhat emphasized, um, at least in my mind, I could remember it being brought up a fair, uh, this is Nephi's so-called vision mm-hmm. of, of the history of the, the world, I guess, if I remember right. But in specifically the kingdom of God on the earth, where he, he says, and I did behold the kingdom 
and its members were few. Yeah, yeah, they quote that. Uh, I beheld and, the church yeah. of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few because of the surrounding right. wickedness. First Nephi fourteen twelve. Um, as the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ draws near, the world will become more and more wicked, and quote, it will become less and less popular to be a Latter Day Saint. Now, I do remember this is by Russell M. Nelson, by the way. That that quote in his Stand as True Millennials <laughs> article in 2016, <laughs> um, which he kind of fucked up because the younger millennials were still older than the crowd he was addressing. So I don't think people understand what a millennial era person is. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Do you mean that he's a little bit out of touch? Uh, not at all, David. I don't know why you would suggest okay. such a thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, right, I just jumped dude. right on that. So, okay. Just because his teeth are skin colored doesn't mean he's he's out of touch. Um, I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Man, where did that come from? I have no idea. Oh, I know where it came from. I'll tell you guys later. Um, so, uh, mixed message, maybe, because I do remember this as well. Now that you mm. mention it, I remember, hey, we're we're never going to be the majority, you know, like religion of the world. I do remember that. Like, we'll be relatively okay. small in number right compared to the, and, and again you know. it, it's because of, of the general wicked state of the mm -hmm. world so judgment and and think about again another contradiction mm -hmm. so joseph smith states quotes daniel states for himself in the wentworth letter and other places that the church would fill the earth and yet writes a book which includes a prophecy from this nephi guy that says its members will always be few. Yeah. Well, which yeah, is it? Contradictions. What the hell? They're all over the place. The yeah. I mean, you could bring up, as we have before, here he is practicing polygamy when Jacob, Nephi's brother, uh, condemns it. Denounce. Right? And yeah. says God thinks it's an abomination. So which is it? Is it an abomination or is it the new well, and everlasting you know, covenant? It's it's proof that it was a an actual translation because... Had he just made it up himself, he wouldn't have made mistakes like oh, that. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah, no, we know Joseph. That's one thing we do know is that Joseph made no mistakes. Um, so, okay. yeah, we're safe there. Uh, so they say, look, despite that we're going to be relatively few, uh, we will fill the whole earth. So words and branches will be found all over the world. Uh, and they quote that it is general conference is interpreted in over 90 languages almost 75,000 full-time missionaries. Well, that was in 2017. We've dropped to 65,000 last year. We'll see what we have this year when the numbers come in. Um, they're sharing the gospel in 418 missions. That's That'd be an interesting stat hmm. to look up, how many missions yes. have closed. I know missions have been closed as well. Um, yeah. What the trend was, again, back when I was serving, uh, for instance, I, I was uh, in the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia mission, which included parts of New Jersey, Delaware, Delmarva Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And right after I left, they turned that geographical area into two missions. Oh, right. And that was, that was the trend that geographically it would be a smaller area because the numbers of members and missionaries was increasing. 
therefore they would only be required to cover a you know a smaller area yeah and and now that trend seems to be uh reversing well i will say uh, this uh if you look back statistically again um every year in the church and these one of these areas of the stats goes back to 1972 era actually they go back into the 1800s if you look further on different tabs of this document what you'll see every year is that even in the worst years at least hundreds of wards and branches were created okay at least at least hundreds from one year to the next that was the lowest there's many years where like over a thousand were added you know pretty significant well if you look at uh 2016 to 2017 there were 200 added which is really low historically if you look at 2017 to 2018 there were only 30 added so that's the lowest year wow. again in history that wards and branches that's, were added. Um, something's happening. Yeah, that's not wow. very many. Only thirty wards or branches. So, um, yeah, slowing down. Anyway, yeah, I uh, I want to just include. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a very what I don't know aggressive missionary. I I, I felt like I was very aggressive, and what. What it really was is, for instance, our mission was known as the result-oriented mission. Well, what's the result? Baptisms. Baptism. Yeah. And and I go back and I just cringe at my motivations. We do anything short of tripping the damn people into throwing them in the font <laughs> to get them baptized. It, it was just ridiculous. One particular instance after my mission, I came home. I was the secretary in the stake mission presidency. And the only reason they called me to that is because I was assistant to the president on my mission. And all oh, this guy's a fireball and we, we could use him and all this. And I, I actually kind of lost it. I, I lost that fire and that interest, but I went to a meeting once and the big push at this time, and this would have been 84, I guess. The big push was to baptize children of record who were now nine years old and had not yet been baptized. And this this subject came up in the meeting, the stake mission presidencies there, the stake presidency, all the bishops, two pairs of uh, missionaries. And all the missionaries were talking about is how their emphasis was on getting those children baptized. And I, I wanted to just fucking scream. Wow. I I did I did uh say something. I said something along the lines of why why so much emphasis in this cheesy ass response from this well, they all need to get baptized sooner or later. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought, <laughs> my God, you're you're completely brainwashed. <laughs> and and even as an active member of the church, I was starting to see some misdirection, man. Uh. I mean that that just pissed me off. No, you're not the only one that's brought that up. There was a time period, there were a number of years actually, and uh, it it echoed across missions uh, in South America, especially for a while. Several years were were focused on kitty baptisms, you know, baptizing kids. (laughs) Um, And many times, 
I don't want to say completely without the knowledge of their parents, because I still think they needed to have, you know, permission or whatever. But but uh, that's one of the things that folks have mentioned online in different forums uh, in a few places is these kitty baptisms. And it pissed off a lot of people. Uh, To your point, you know, even if they were active, they didn't feel too good about that. You know, they were like, ah, something. I don't know. You know, (laughs) kids. And so. Uh, not surprisingly, in these areas where at certain times there were mass conversions, uh, mostly I, I'm thinking of South America um, back in the 80s and 90s, and just hun- yeah, just the highest number of baptisms. The retention was terrible. Oh yeah, a lot of them. A, a lot of them would make maybe one or two sacrament meetings, and that, that was it. They were gone. Yeah, I recall. Uh, so one of the, and this every it seems almost like every mission in the world. I don't know if every, but a lot of missions in the world have traded places over the years with the most baptizing mission. You know, and uh, mm, I right. recall I went to Japan on my mission and uh, eighty nine to ninety one in my case, and um, they just one mission period before I came in. So like two years before I, or whatever, before I came in north of us, I believe it was Sendai Japanese mission or Sendai Japan mission. They had the most, uh, baptisms per month in the world. And that was in in Japan. Japan. And that was, uh, like a four or six year stint of just huge baptisms. And as you look back, what was happening is they were essentially being baptized into uh, like a ping pong club because the missionaries yeah. would invite them out. They play ping pong at the ward, uh, volleyball, ping pong, whatever social. And it was an opportunity for Japanese people to socialize with Americans. They love American culture. Everything American is cool, you know, especially to young kids, Uh, the the blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, American dream, whatever. Um, And uh, they were baptized into a social club. And like you said, after some time, I mean, the retention was absolutely horrific. I remember uh, one of the the wards that I attended was, was Hiroshima at one point in my mission, which is, you know, one of the places that was hit by the the bomb, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, Hiroshima had over 800 people on record for the ward. That's, that's too big for a ward, right? That's like two wards. Um, that's over 800 ward, people on record, about 75 to 80 came each week. Oh, yeah, wow. pretty pretty horrific, uh, and that that was part of this issue. Uh, yeah. So the church, uh, I guess, what we're talking about in part is that the church creates some of this themselves with their misplaced uh, motivations. Mm-hmm. For instance, one one of the things that I know is is a part of this uh, loss of members early on is what we talked about before the tale of two churches where you're told certain things from the missionaries about the church. Once you're baptized and as you progress, you start to learn a whole bunch of shit that is very concerning. Mm. And for, for some people, they make it a, a year and they do make it to the temple. It's usually a year later and that blows yeah, them That's their the Cracker Jack surprise. <laughs> there we go. Woo, so, the... I yeah. mean, it, it, it seriously, I, I can remember whatever you got to do to get them wet. Yeah. You know, we, my, uh, I was a, uh, zone leader 
for a while with uh, my companion, obviously. And every zone had kind of a nickname. We were called the Pittman. It was Pittman, uh, New Jersey. The Pittman mm-hmm. Plungers. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all it was about, oh my man. God. Get them wet. Wow. <laughs> Oh my God, that's like that old military saying of you know, kill them all and let God sort it out, right? Uh, it's like yeah, dunk them all yeah. and and let God sort it out. I mean, because baptism is the gateway, right? As long as you push them through the gateway, <laughs> uh, in the afterlife, you know, they can repent or I don't know, whatever, man. That, you know, um, I'm just thinking of one yeah. one instance that just popped into my head, my my twisted mind. Uh, there was this couple that we were teaching, very intellectual, uh, both of them. Uh, and so they they had questions and they voiced them. And we did pretty good to quell their concerns. Uh, and they got baptized and we went to meet with them afterwards. And this guy had an expression on his face. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit, well, what's up? And he just blurted it out. He goes, I just found out that the Mormons teach that God fucked Mary. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We're just sitting there oh, like, whoops. Man. Holy shit. <laughs> How do you answer that? Oh. And by the way, that's one of the quotes that will be upcoming in D. Michael Quinn's book. <laughs> uh, that Something like that was taught in the early church. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't stay active. And then when I went to a mission reunion 10 years later, that companion of mine was there and he said, by the way, that couple, they, they came back. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, Oh, dude. Uh, so if you look, I was just looking at one of these footnotes and it footnotes back to October, 2007 from, uh, Gordon B. Hinckley. Um, I forgot he was still alive. In 07, that's that'd be 12 years ago. I thought he was had passed. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, he gave a talk, the stone cut out of the mountain. Uh, this mm-hmm. was eight years, you know, before the whole 2015 debacle. Um, the way he talks, as I scroll through his his text here, he's not talking like it's going to dwindle. He's not talking like the numbers are going to be few. It's all about growth. So again, and that's what yeah. it's that's what it's been about, right? Even though, again, if you were to look at the world as a as a total globe, uh, and our percentage of population of of Mormons against the total world populace, I I did hear that will will always be a small percentage, right? But but it will keep growing. The, that's never been debated. It will keep growing. That's- Good point. Uh, and that now yeah. it's not. And, and now it's not. So, so you could even look back to 07 with Hinckley's address and, and everything he says about growth, growth, growth. And you'd say, well, what's up? I guess that wasn't prophetic because it's diminishing. Um, so, yeah, interesting. And it's, it, again, how many times have I said this? It's a corporation. If you look at the, the leadership of the church, man, you go back 100 years. Mm. They're businessmen. They're, for the most part, successful businessmen. And a high percentage are quite wealthy. That's right. And that's a large percentage of the... In fact, I don't know. They're either educators. 
If they're not businessmen, they're educators, uh, in, including, you know, the higher positions of education. And that's that's a corporation. That's that's what they're all about. And that, my mission president was that. And I again, I look back on that and I just I cringe mm. at, at, at the, you know, baptisms means wealth. I told you about that, the BMW symbol for our mission. <laughs> baptisms means wealth and we had a little picture of a bmw oh, <laughs> so, what the fuck man so and he he very openly said we want baptisms from this area and the area he was talking about is where the dupont employees mm. lived and they they had high incomes high education that was the emphasis incidentally speaking of dupont there's a movie coming out i don't recall the title uh, based on the true story, uh, where the lawyer went against DuPont because they were yes. poisoning the local water of like a yeah. community of over 70,000 people, if I recall. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, so we want, we mm-hmm. want those poisoners in our <laughs> congregation, <laughs> whatever. I'm getting off a little bit there, but, um, yeah. Uh, so what's the point? As we kind of sum this up, uh, that stone is kind of maybe made out of styrofoam <laughs> that's rolling from and the mountain. It's it's not as impressive. It is gathering moss. Yeah, it is gathering like moss. A, a rolling a rolling stone gathers no moss. Well, not in this case. <laughs> you know, it's a good analogy it's, if you think of a snowball. Yeah, uh, so I I guess oh, it's global warming. Oh, it's global warming. <laughs> this, and the snowball is melting. Mm, Hell, God, why didn't we think yeah, of that? God couldn't have known. Ugh, yeah, the global warming. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Again. Uh, again. God damn it, Al, Al Gore, you <laughs> son of a bitch. If Al Gore hadn't have made the internet, the church would not be dwindling <laughs> like it is. Damn it all. So it's it's because of the internet and global warming. Those are the two. Damn it. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not that people are finding out what the church really is and what it well, really believes it, and what really happened in its past. You've, you've heard of no. getting snowed, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so th- that snowball is shrinking. People are looking. They're seeing through it. They're like, uh, that doesn't look very impressive. Um, and um, you know, that's that can be a real personal problem. That shrinking. Uh, it can be. I've heard. I, I've heard that. Yes. Only yeah, okay. um, I, I, w- I wouldn't know. Uh, I hope I don't ever know, but I'm sure, you know, biological clock might, might be <laughs> happening sometime in my nineties, I guess. I don't know. Um, well, we could ask Rusty now. Yeah, about we it. could. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> uh, they don't just call him Nell for, 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 you know, anyway uh (laughs) okay so uh yeah man look uh the church is shrinking i'll post this uh like i said earlier this link to the spreadsheet on this if you guys want to check it out um it's interesting as you look through even baptisms uh like we told we talked about a lot of the key metrics uh number of missionaries Mm -hmm. number of wards and branches that have been added um it's slowing down. It's gathering moss. Uh, there's going to be a point where it peaks or plateaus, if you will. Uh, that plateau is looking like around 20 in the 2030s. 
at this rate, that's just assuming this rate. So if you inc- if you increase yeah. the trend uh, or accelerate, I should say, the trend, then it it would be earlier, right, where it plateaus. But at the at today's current trends, which I would argue will mm-hmm. definitely increase, but let's just say they don't. Uh, around twenty late twenty thirties is when the population of the church will plateau and then descend. It will start descending. Um, I, I'm going to make a guess and say that's going to be more like the 2020s because uh, I think it is uh, accelerating. It, yeah. it, it's exponential. Yeah. yeah. And all, the, all they need to do is come out with a couple more policy changes and that'll, that'll expedite it right yeah, there. Yeah, it kind of, it's, it's ironic. A lot of the shit they're doing, really starting, I think, in 2013 with the gospel topic essays, and then 2015 with the LGBTQ announcement. Uh, I think these kinds of things are going to continue. It doesn't look like they're stopping, uh, and uh, they're they're increasing in frequency. Uh, and yeah, it's basically going to seal their own fate, essentially. Um, the much. narrative has changed. We've talked about the lawsuit that's that's come out. the The narrative has changed from the younger days when you could kind of hide the real history and it's really hard to do that now. And I think the church for the most part, as from what we can tell, they're kind of not trying to hide the history anymore because it's kind of the cat's out of the bag. They can't. <laughs> uh, they can't, right? And so when you can't hide it, you have to change your narrative. You have to change your story uh, or your explanation, if you will. And so that change, that backpedaling is going to keep happening and it's going to be more and more, like we've seen before, based on your feelings, because you can't base it on evidence, can't base it on history. Uh, the whole story has changed in some cases, like how Joseph translated the Book of Mormon, on and on. So when, with all that changing, look, guys, look, forget about all that. It's not important. What's important are your feelings, a.k.a. the spirit. I appreciate your concerns, but I just want to bear you my testimony. Exactly. Right. Let me just tell you my feelings. Um, Okay. What if you based your whole life uh, outside of religious and spirituality? What if you based your whole life on feelings for your decisions? Um, Holy shit. You'd probably be dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes, right? We would argue you get a gut feeling and you get that. And it's an interesting uh, mystery, right? You'll get a feeling be like, oh, wow. And it turns out to be true. Not always. <laughs> not not always. That, Feelings can be very misleading. Is it, was that lasagna from last night or was that, you know, my inner guidance? <laughs> I don't know. Is that inner gas or inner guidance? I, I, I don't. Wow. I feel like uh, that business is going to keep growing. I'll invest. You know, how about, how about use some stats? What? That would be good. Research? What? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Uh, love you. Fun to have uh, this episode with you. Uh, the uh, the perishing parishes will continue. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's- actually, not just in the Mormon Church. We're seeing this worldwide. Oh, God. Why did- secularism. I can't believe yeah. we didn't bring that up yet. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. People are moving away from religion as a whole. And, of course, that's a sign of the evil state of the world. It is. Satan has them all by the by the testicular uh, region. So, um, 
Yes, he's got his teeth on their scrotums. Oh, <laughs> ouch, ouch. <laughs> Those deceived people. Uh, they're using logic and reason to guide their lives well, instead of... Uh, you'll pay uh, for it when you get on the other side and your eyes <laughs> are open and you see the error of your ways. <laughs> Who was that? Was that like know. Satan <laughs> That was Ezra Lucy? Taft Benson and uh, I don't know who that was. Church lady. Church lady. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, all right, guys. Uh, man, we're knocking on an hour. What let's let's kill this thing. Uh, thanks for joining us as always. We'll, we'll check in with you guys next week. If this ever quits being fun, we're going to stop doing it. So love you guys. Uh, all right. See ya. <laughs>